Working Dog Radio. Broadcasting the bite. You guys know by now that we do a bunch of commercials in the beginning, in the middle of these episodes. Um, There's two things here. One, Patreon.com, Working Dog Radio. We put the episodes up without commercials. How about that? But here's the thing, guys. I know you people. I know what you're doing. You're skimming forward and you're fast forwarding through the commercials. But I'm telling you, you want to listen to these and you want to listen to the ones in the middle of the episode because we put new discount codes. We put new job opportunities, new training opportunities, new gear, new equipment, new sponsors, all kinds of new cool stuff in there. You don't want to skip it because you don't want to miss it, especially the discount codes. So make sure you guys are paying attention. And having said that, we're going to kick it off right now with one of my favorites, right? Uh, RayAllen.com. We've had a great relationship with Ray Allen for a long time. They want you to know that they've heard you loud and clear, and they have revamped their customer service, faster response times, easier to get a hold of them, faster shipping, faster order f- uh, fulfillment. Um, any kind of issues they had, they ironed it out. RayAllen.com for everything dog related, not just working dogs. Working dog, pet, anything you need. I just bought about 300 bucks worth of stuff the other day. Mixture of pets and police dogs in one click. I loved it. RayAllen.com. Uh, we got hits coming up. Um, it's going to be in August this year. It's going to be at the McCormick Place in Chicago. Um, it moves around. So, you know, one of the things they're really good about is it's not in the same location every year. So every four years, it's probably in a different area or it's in a different area of the country. And they make it super obvious about um, rotating all of their uh, instructors. Too. So if you come last time they were, say, in Dallas, like four years ago, when they go back to that area, you're not going to see the same people over and over again. When we were there last year, there was like 1,200 people, and they're talking about having 13 to 1,500, and we've got 100 vendors in the vendor hall this year. They're getting ready to have a price increase. And I know you people, and I mean you people as handlers, you guys wait for the last fucking second to do everything. And I know it's not your money, but the hotel fills up quick. Then you got to walk everywhere in Chicago, which is probably going to suck because it's going to be super hot. So... Get your tickets booked. It's going to be August 13th through the 16th this year at McCormick Place in Chicago. Go to hits K9, letter K number nine, dot net. Get signed up. Look at the class schedule. Plan on where you're going to go. And, uh, yeah, submit all of your forms to all of your admins so you can get it paid for. And uh, you'll see us there. We're going to be doing live recordings. And come by the booth, get a beer, and uh, have a challenge going. we got some custom challenge coins we're making. So, um we're Which, not uh, we're not giving them beer though, Ted. They have no, to no, no. Yeah, beer. no, yeah. That's yeah. Get a beer was, and bring it with you. If that was if that was not obvious, I guess that's my bad. All right. So uh, one of the booths that's also going to be at hits probably right across from us. If uh, if it's anything like last year's, our friends at Dogtra. Um, I love Dogtra. Dogtra.com. Great company. Um, you guys have heard of us. You know they're especially you guys, you uh, policemen, law enforcement handlers. They're um, Remote is so set up for you guys to have on your gear. There's tons of different uh, Molly gear you can get for Dogtra uh, remotes. The 1900S is the best collar I have used. I love that thing. Their ball popper is all revamped. Um, They figured out anything with a battery should be rechargeable. The ball popper is rechargeable. It's kicking ass. Dogtra.com. They have a discount code, WDR10, for 10% off of any order over $200. Dogtra.com. 
So this next one is somebody that we, it's new to the podcast uh, or they just signed up. So I just mentioned challenge coins. Now, everybody knows that everybody loves dogs and everybody listening, whether you're search and rescue, whether you're FEMA, whether you're, uh, you know, sheriff's office, whatever, everybody in the public loves seeing dogs. And the one thing that I always see is people handing out challenge coins or handing out um, the little like playing cards with the dog's information and all that stuff on it. So one of the new sponsors for the podcast is Combat Bet, which is spelled B-E-T at the end, like you're betting. Uh, They have the little challenge coins that are shaped like poker chips. And ironically enough, they're pretty inexpensive for um, like a department to have for a canine unit. You can have them on their little, you can have the dog's picture on one side, you can have the sheriff's office shield on the other side, whatever you want to do. You can even print on the collar of it. And they do two different versions. They got the, the ceramic poker chip ones, and then they've also do a couple of metal ones. Um, so depending on how much you want to spend or whatever else, you can get a variety of different things, and they can print pictures on. So you can get the picture of the dog and the handler on there, hand them out to kids when you go do your school demos, and you guys look like heroes, which is freaking awesome. So they're doing a discount code for everybody. So if you go to combatbet.com, and you'll get a discount of 10% off of your total order price, which isn't a whole lot to begin with. So it's Working Dog Radio spelled out. Head over there, hit them up, tell them we sent you. Use a discount code, hand out coins to kids. That's all you got to do. That's it. Yeah, I think our first sponsor that we ever got when we got on the podcast is Arno at ALM. Um, yeah. I love ALM. The dude, the dude has been so good to us, so good to everybody. Um, I'm telling you right now, man, you want tugs, and I mean, we go through tugs a lot. Yeah, I give them out to all the handlers when they come through, and I don't use anyone else but Arno at ALM. Uh, his tugs are the best, period. They hold up. They're great. The dogs love them. Everything's great. And I've, I've done a ton of social media stuff about his hidden sleeve. His hidden sleeve is so legit. It is yeah. so good. It's the easiest, the easiest one to put on and take off. It is so functional like I use it you know under stuff as a hidden sleeve but I use it as a just as a regular sleeve sometimes um, it you do feel it it does suck I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> but it is a perfect sleeve for what we like to do he has a discount code WD radio for 10% off almk 9 equipment.com hit him up so speaking of traveling, October 30th through November 2nd of this year, our friends down at Southern Coast Canine, New Smyrna Beach, are going to be hosting the Hard Dog Fast Dog Competition. It's the Police Motorcycle and Canine Skills Challenge hosted by our friends at Southern Coast, Peggy and Bill and Danny. So uh, I'm actually going to be down there announcing the uh, Hard Dog Fast Dog Competition. Now, it's limited to the first 30 canine teams uh, and the first 30 detection teams, and they're also doing a competition the 4th through the 7th, which they do every year, which is a huge odor uh, seminar and detection seminar and competition. And at the end of the three days, you actually certify with NNDDA, but there's going to be 125 teams in attendance, so it should be a good time. Be sure to head over to Southern Coast Canine, hit them up, look at it, and come down and see me, and I'm sure I'll be heckling whoever's going to be decoying because you're going to get smashed. I don't know what to tell you. Be on your A game. Yeah. You guys remember our episode with Cameron Ford? Uh, Cameron Ford's worked all over the United States. Um, he's done all time, all kinds of multi-purpose canine training. Detection is his thing. It is what he does the most. That's what his scientific approach yep. uh, has proven. Like 
very effective, the things he does. Well, Cameron moved to Las Vegas to join the folks over at Silver State Canine. Um, they offer a ton of stuff. They have a class coming up. you got to get on this quick, though, guys. Uh, July 29th to August 9th. 29th to August 9th. It's a... Um, going to be a handler and trainer's course. you got to get on it. And they're going to rerun it September 9th through the 20th. This is not a cakewalk, but I'm telling you, you will learn a scientific method for this. Um, it's it's good stuff, man. Check them out, SilverStateK9.com. They, um, just so, say you can't go to Vegas, can't make it to Vegas. Maybe you don't have enough comp time. You, got, you don't have enough vacation time. They won't let you travel. You get a hold of uh, the folks at Silver State, and they will send Cameron to you. And they'll do a 40-hour detection dog seminar for you. You can get your all your unit, get all your training group. He'll come to you. SilverStateK9.com. Check them out. All right, everybody. We are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite from Hits in Chicago, McCormick Place. This is Thursday uh, of the week. Uh, things are in full swing. Um, I like this place, man. I say this every episode we've done. We've done like six or seven of these. It's been... Um, this, this conference is so good. The, the classrooms are huge, like, what, 150, 160 seats? They're packed, everyone. 290. 290. Full. Mine, mine 468, and I had an easy 400. I saw you. Wednesday morning. And you held the room, too. That was pretty good. Yeah, I was definitely Because he people. threatened them with, uh, you better laugh at my shit, or I'll or kill all of you. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm <laughs> taking my clothes off. But um, so with me always is my co-host, Ted Stickles. Ted Stickles. Summers. Yep. Ted, how's it going? I'm sorry, I'm eating a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> a British cookie. Though. They, were, they yeah. made it through customs. Ted brought us Tim Tam. Yeah, the keister room, but that's, that's all right. great. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm eating. Um, no, it's been great. Hits is awesome. They turned the air conditioner on again. It's cold as shit in here, and nobody's been shot yet, even though we're in Chicago. So that's good. As far uh, as you know. Even though you guys tried last night, from what it sounded like, so we we did lose Hagner. He disappeared last night and showed up at 9 a.m. this morning. Yes, in the same clothes he left in. So, yeah. God only knows. We call that Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Anywhere. Uh, we, we bring up Hagner in every episode and we don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> then, <coughs> he has to listen to find out what we say about him. Yeah. So, who do so, we got? Oh, we got Ted Doss with us here. Our... First, third time guest? Third, I think. At least three. Yeah, yeah at least three. Your, you're the first. First three time. First three timer. True you're story. Like, you're Tom Hanks of our show. Well, there you go. There you go. You and Steve Martin. That's <laughs> it. Um, welcome, Ted. Thank you hey, for yeah. coming. Thank you guys for showing and doing this for us. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, listen, we we have a great relationship with the hits in our podcast. Um, it's funny, this morning I'm at the booth and a, and a guy come up to me at Handler and he said, uh, you, he goes, I'm getting ready to go through handler school. He goes, I didn't even know about this until I heard on it, heard it on Working Dog Radio. I go, Ted, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> we got you one. We there know that go. for sure. <laughs> Job well done. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. So, um, so anyways, uh, what do you think? How's it going? Good. Uh, you know, you can't hold a conference of a thousand handlers without a few hiccups behind the scenes, but... Uh, Overall, uh, really pleased. Uh, hotel's great, and uh, things are going as generally planned. So, the uh, the vendors' room is massive. Yeah, it's a good size. It's 102 booths. I think it's 83 vendors because some bought multiple spots. Yeah. But, uh, and then you got three cars and an ATV. 
you know, and there's yeah. plenty of room around all of that. Oh yeah, you know, you got yeah. plenty of room to walk around, and then uh, tonight find one of the six bars that'll be open for beer and wine oh, open that's bar right. night. That's tonight. Yes. Oh, that's right. Free beer tonight. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hey. <coughs> the most impressive thing was the bar the first night anyways had an IPA. Nobody does that. Oh, Nobody yeah. does that at these things. It's just race car beer and and some other shit. What's Ted likes race car beer? Well, yeah, there you go. We did it just for Ted. No shame yeah, in my No, game. I'm an IPA guy. So, <laughs> he's your more refined. Uh, yeah, I right. eat pepper. I eat pineapple on pizza, so I'm you I that's to be expected. Yeah, you're Nazi. So anyways, <laughs> what's um, your class packed to the gills? Yeah, I was really shocked. I'll be honest with you. It was, the I think, the largest, I mean, with five classes going on at one time, I had to disappoint the other four speakers, I guess, because I had literally, um, I think the room was set for 468 or somewhere in that ballpark. I had to have roughly 400 people. Yeah. I was, so I was very, the wall. I I was very pleased with that turnout, and it seemed to go very well. That's great. You did your legal update stuff. That yeah, narcotics, kind of- dog, search and seizure, legal update. So when we talked to you last year in Maryland or in D.C., um, we were waiting on the McKnight thing to come out, and some other things have happened since then. So since we talked to you last time, what has happened? Yeah, McKnight, it, it, it's bad for the, um, I guess, the narcotic-imprinted marijuana dog in Colorado. But it had a really kind of fizzle out type of impact that we were expecting nationwide because they took a nuts and bolts move. The Colorado Supreme Court took a position that they were going to rule and the legalities of things under the Colorado Constitution. So if you're in Florida, Iowa, Maine, Texas, you can kind of give two hoots about... Anywhere other than Colorado. Yes, anywhere other than Colorado and the Colorado Constitution. So it, you know, obviously they didn't impact the, the United States Constitution in any way, shape, or form. So um, bottom line is if you were a Colorado dog handler imprinted on marijuana and let's say whatever, three or four other odors... Um, you're no longer utilized, this for sure, at traffic stops. But, you know, your dog can either, obviously, either be retired or utilized for other aspects like maybe um, a jail setting or you can use in probation sweeps yeah. and search warrants and things of that nature. So they're not necessarily obsolete, but they're probably out of business, or not probably, they are out of business related to, let's say, basic traffic stop enforcement and hunting for dope on the expressways or roadways, if and only if it's actually imprinted on marijuana because they... They kind of made a goofy ruling that you're more than welcome as a police officer to get your dog out of the car if you've established probable cause, which is kind of laughable in the legal community. Right. Um, why in the world, if you had probable cause, would, would you? you what are you, you going to go for? Yeah. Double dog dare probable right. cause? No pun intended. Yeah. Like. Um, so they knew what they were doing when they, they when they were kicking dogs out that were marijuana dogs. So, but it has no real impact anyway. It's such a bizarre, kooky ruling. It's only uniquely Colorado. It just doesn't impact. It fizzled out. Everybody for 18 months was like, you know, McKnight, McKnight, oh, McKnight, it's going to be a trendsetter or a bombshell. And it fizzled out like a fucking sparkler on the 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah, and then they went ahead and legalized psilocybin mushrooms up there. Yeah. They're, they're all fucked up up there. Just, yeah, just, just in Denver, though. Right, yeah. Come on through, <laughs> play with your nipples, whatever. <laughs> so... Okay, so we got we got to touch on something we were just talking off air about. Florida, Ohio, there might be somebody else. North Carolina. They've made some rulings in the last couple weeks 
where, not even ruling, excuse me, where their legislature is basically trying to legalize marijuana through hemp and CBD oil and some things like that. All the administrators in these places are like fucking chicken little. Like the sky is falling on everybody. Do you want to address the fears? Yeah. Um, everybody's doing something a little bit different. And, you know, the sky is not falling. I, I mean, I, I can tell you, I'll talk to you so I don't get outside of my day job as a prosecutor representing my elected official. So I'll avoid all that and just talk to you as Ted Dows, the human being. I mean, I would just urge people to stay status quo. I mean, the laws really have just changed. Law in Florida just went into effect July 1st. Right. So um, if you're similar to Florida, there's, a, you know, I don't, I'm not, can't say I'm familiar with everybody's law that got passed in the past 30, 60, 90 days. But if it's like this hemp thing in Florida, they have this crazy scenario where if it's 0.3 or lower, it's legal hemp. And if it's 0.3 or higher of THC Delta 9, it's illegal. So you kind of in this quandary where you catch somebody with something and you don't know if it's 0.3 or higher, you don't know if it's 0.4 or lower. And a lot of the labs in our state weren't really prepared. I'll tell you the goofiest thing, since we love to make fun of stupid people on this podcast, Florida passes, <laughs> yes. Florida passes the law and it goes into effect. Um, the governor doesn't sign it till the late June. And I mean, when I mean late June, I mean last two days or something of June. It immediately went into effect like 48 hours later. Awesome. And the Department of Agriculture is the per, is the group that's supposed to be regulating it. They didn't meet until August. So how stupid could we be to have the regulation department of the Department of Agriculture, who's going to regulate and set the rules and standards and implementation of it, didn't meet until about six weeks after the law had already been started. So um, it's just kooky, but so, um, we, I can just tell you this, we, well, as a Ted Douse the lawyer yeah. uh, on the civilian side of things, not associated with any government entity, <laughs> um, would say stay status quo. Um, smell is still smell by a human and an officer and do what you've been doing. Uh, smell is still smell by a dog and, and do what you've been doing. Um, we did implement one type of uh, scenario: Some departments and sheriff's offices in, in my area are doing what we've invented as the one plus rule. So get a dog sniff plus some other indication. Um, some things probably mostly what officers have probably already been seeing, but they just didn't really write it down or articulate it because they're so used to right. the dog gives me, you know, right to search. But, you know, nervousness, lack of eye contact, maybe inconsistent answers or avoiding answering questions, furtive movements, all those type of things. You may have seen all that, but you just know the dog. I didn't need anything else. Right. So now just look for those things and they exist. And so we call it the dog plus something rule. And we also uh, kind of encourage, um, Ted Douse, the civilian, encourages to ask this particular question. If you are in this hemp scenario and it's some minor percentage of THC Delta 9 versus not having it versus having it, um, uh, we came up with an inventive scenario. Before you run your dog, ask the driver, do you have any hemp in your vehicle? My sheriff's office, independently, started doing that um, and right off the bat in July, just as an experiment to be quite honest with you. So they said the, they're, they're single purpose passive dogs. They got like about 15 of them. And uh, 
So they implemented it and they said when they get to 100, they just stop. Times all their handlers doing it. So when they, whenever they got to 100, they stopped. They got together and the answers were one of three things. So they pull somebody over, they arrive, or they pull somebody over, over and doing it and whatever, they're deploying their dog. And before they deploy the dog, they went up and asked us, do you have any hemp in the vehicle? The answers were, huh? What's that? Or no? They were a hundred for a hundred, and those were the answers. So if it's a huh, you probably don't have it. If it's a what's that, you don't even know what it is, you probably don't have it. And if the answer is no, it's no. And there's no real reason to lie if you have him, because if it's legal, it's legal. It's no different than saying, do you have baking soda in your car? Right. Um, so we say, ask that question, get the response. If the person gives you one of these three responses of knuckleheadedness, um, then the driver really eliminates the possibility of hemp being in the vehicle and the dog alerting to hemp because they're acknowledging they don't know what it is, they don't know what you're talking about, or no, you don't. And if you get one of those responses, then the dog runs around, alerts the exterior of the vehicle, then it's probably one of the illegal substances that the dog's with. And since you train on probability, the dog gives you probable cause, the dog doesn't have to be right because the dog gives you probable cause. So if you eliminate hemp as a, say, a distinctive possibility by the driver tacit admission or response, then it's likely, more likely than not, which is probability, and the odor of an illegal substance, so investigate it. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a good working prevailing theory. Ask the question, get the... Now, I'll be honest, I'll give you the flip side. If the person says, yes, I've got hemp in the vehicle, you know, that throws a wrench into things. Yeah, that's great. But we went 100 for 100 with no <laughs> hemp yeses and just basic sampling. So I got to say that, you know, one or 2% might say yes and 98% say something else and then do what you normally do after that. So what uh, what else has changed? I know. Did you talk about the Eleventh Circuit decision? That's not yeah, a, it's not a dog case, but well, it, it's not a dog case, but based upon a dog case. <laughs> yeah, the Eleventh Circuit in a case called Campbell in January of 2019. Just to you know, kind of put this on the radar. Again, uh, I'm not a Newton sky is falling, apple falling on my head kind of guy. So just to put the listeners on notice that this is out there. This is the Federal 11th Circuit, which sits over Alabama, uh, Florida, and Georgia. And the bottom line is this case called Campbell, July of 2019, excuse me, June of 2000, gosh, now I'm in bad shape, January of 2019. they applied the Rodriguez interruption theory, which we've discussed before, right. where you, in theory, they think that you know, uh, stopping in the middle of your, your primary purpose traffic stop to run the dog issue is an interruption or a delay or a abandonment of the primary purpose of traffic. They say, if you go up and ask for driver's license, registration, proof of insurance, again, this, let's just say straight traffic stop or interdiction scenario that you're doing highway interdiction, uh, with no dog involved at all, and you go up and you ask driver's license, registration, proof of insurance, and in some way, shape, or form, you deviate into something, in this particular case, Campbell was a, a, a standard, pretty standard questions, do you have any illegal narcotics in the car? And then they tossed in for some reason, I don't know why, do you have any illegal bootleg DVDs or CDs, was asked. Um, and now he did, they did ask, so the officer did ask, travel, you know, car, destination, where you're coming from, officer safety related questions. 
they found that all those were permissible. Um, those were valid topics, a traffic stop. But they found, believe it or not, the, like the, I think it was roughly 35 seconds that engaged in this cocaine, illegal narcotics question and or bootleg DVD or CDs that that wasn't traffic related in this in the case it was actually cited like they like the actual time stamps oh yeah that was on a video i I call it the colonoscopy of a traffic officer yeah they went through it was they went through 35 seconds to get your ticket book and 25 seconds because it started drizzling to get your coat and you know a minute to cough i mean they went time stamp by time stamp by time stamp so bottom line is they really whittled it down to about 35 seconds and they found two questions that had nothing to do with traffic and enforcement and weaving or speeding or whatever it was. And they literally said, well, we're going to take this Rodriguez dog case about the interruption of the primary purpose and we're going to apply it to now questioning the driver at the traffic stop. So if you went, if you go too far afield outside of questions that might relate to traffic or officer safety, um, then that's a delay or an interruption. You're not trying to seek the primary purpose, which is really traffic at that point, because you're, you know, he didn't see any dope or smell any dope or anything. It was just generalized, hey, let me ask you some general crime questions. And they basically said those two general crime questions were a deviation and you're not allowed to detain, interrupt, prolong, extend, you know, abandon the primary purpose, whatever stupid synonym they came up with um and they felt that those two questions were out of bounds kind of so to speak so they actually suppressed a gun that was illegally seized or yeah illegal he was a, he was a convicted felon yeah yeah and, and they found a mat like a like a ski mask and a gun under the seat or something yeah, yeah. we surely we got to let those people go away over the fact of uh 35 any, seconds 35 seconds of do you have any counterfeit DVDs or any illegal substances. We got, certainly got to kick that guy down the road. I'm yeah. willing to bet that the Supreme Court didn't really intend for the Rodriguez case to be interpreted that way. Yeah, it actually, <laughs> well, and you know, and that's a very wise thing. If you can get one of these Rodriguez cases back to the Supreme Court, uniquely Campbell may help us reverse the abortion of the Rodriguez philosophy. Right. Because if you show them, say, look, this is how Rodriguez is being improperly applied to dogs. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, okay, maybe, maybe not, whatever thing. Then you say, well, look, where it's the, you know, the old law school slippery slope. Right. Well, now we're outside of dogs. Now we're just talking about general questioning at a traffic stop. Right. So the more absurd that some of these courts get, um, this is pretty fucking absurd. This is, is <laughs> I, I mean, I'll just say this. Normally I say, I try to be pretty fair and say, yeah. although I may disagree with the ruling, I understand maybe the legal position that they may have taken. I mean, here, I just think that this, these guys were off the rocker. Yeah. Um, but so if you get a little kookier with some of this stuff and it gets back to uh, Chief Justice Roberts and his brethren, um, hopefully they see the absurdity of the slippery slope and they say, yeah, this is not what we intended initially. And I truly said that from the beginning. I, I thought yeah. Rodriguez was a, even a little, um, it, I understand the logic of the no extension, but then it's turned into this interruption, this timeout, this delay in the middle of the traffic stop. And I don't think that's what they intended the application of the case to be at all. So reasonably, what have they, what have we kind of settled on for a reasonable time? for one of these things. For a basic traffic stop? Yeah. Yeah, well, Rodriguez has an unintended positive consequence. Right. Um, Rodriguez was a 20-minute traffic stop to where the 
uh, officer dog handler was the stopping officer. And at the 20 minute mark, while waiting for a backup officer to arrive so he could feel like he could deploy his dog safely, because it was two occupants of a vehicle and one handler, dog handler, doing the traffic stop. So he was going to wait for his backup officer. But it says he had finished, he being the dog handler, traffic stopping officer, um, the ticket and completed all his checks and radio checks and things, and NCICs and driver's <laughs> license, had come back and finished it at the 20 minute mark. But there's an interesting line in the case when they do the legal analysis. And they said, had, the dog got deployed eight minutes later when the backup arrives around 27 or 28 minutes. And the court said, you don't get that extension. But they said, had the dog been deployed prior to the completion of the traffic stop, the stop and utilization and then subsequent search would have been lawful. So I tell people, if you want to carry it out to its end, had the dog gotten there and been deployed at the 19 minute 50 second mark, 10 seconds before the ticket was to be finished. The Supreme Court clearly says in, a, uh, in the opinion, you know, it's not the holding, it's not the primary focus of the opinion or anything, but they clearly say, had the dog been deployed prior to the completion of the traffic stop, the utilization of the dog and the sub subsequent search would have been lawful. So it kind of gives you a 19 minute to 20 minute ratio for a basic traffic stop. The United States Supreme Court, let's say tacitly, tells you that that was, that was okay for a set of time. I always say the Ted Dallas method is generally 15 minutes or less, you're golden. 15 to 20, you know, minimum, argue, marginal maybe. thing, and generally right. over 20 is questionable. So um, I'll stick with 15 to 20 is acceptable, and over 20 is maybe you're getting into a gray area. And probably over 25 is probably for one single issue traffic stop is probably too reasonably too long for a basic traffic stop. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, we can take a break. We'll be back in two seconds. Hey guys, we got a great new sponsor, man. We're super excited about this. I have a box full of challenge coins. I love them. Everywhere we go, I'm always asking people, do you have challenge coins, challenge coin? Um, but I don't have one. Working Dog Radio doesn't have one. Torchlight doesn't have one. HRD doesn't have one. So we are gonna get those, we're gonna get them made. And we're looking around, trying to figure out who we're gonna use, who we're gonna get to make these challenge coins. We partnered up with the good people at Combat Bet. That's C-O-M-B-A-T-B-E-T. -E and they've got several different cool styles to choose from. They got other things too, they got some cards, they got a lot of different cool stuff. They're giving a uh, discount code for us, Working Dog Radio. Um, I can't wait, um, we're gonna get uh, these challenge coins. And I'm telling you, if I give you one, you better have it. If I see you, I'm going to blast that thing out on the bar and you have to buy me a drink. Combatbet.com. Check them out. They have several different styles of coins. Um, we're really super proud to have them on here, man. Combatbet.com. Yeah, it's no secret that uh, Eric and I use a lot of equipment at either up in Ohio, Venice, or here at Torchlight. Uh, we've been using Dogtriff for years. Both of us have. Um, even before we even started the podcast, you know, one of my favorite products is a 1900S hands-free. I use it all the time, and I've uh, even got a different collar on it so I can put it on dogs super fast. Uh, there's no messing around with it or whatever else, and I just keep the remote in my pocket, and I have the finger kick on my on my finger or on my wrist, and uh, makes it super easy. But 
Dogs got several products and not just for police dogs. You know, I was doing for hunting dogs. They've got a long history uh, with the hunting dog community, but uh, great products, several things for everybody from pets all the way up to working dogs. And they also have the awesome ball watcher and popper that I use at the kennel. Uh, I think I've got four of those things now and um, we've got them in a box. I've got them hidden in cars, all kinds of stuff. But for uh, listeners, anytime you use the discount code WDR10, you get 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. And that's at dogtra.com. Go hit them up, dogtra.com. Hey guys, coming up, it's coming up August, August 13th through the 16th, the HITS Conference. HITS is the best conference going. It's the biggest. It's uh, There's only a couple conferences that we back and we sponsor over here at Working Dog Radio based on who runs it, the type of material, the type of training, the instructors, everything they get, nothing shady happening. HITS, um, I can't say enough about the guys. You've heard them on the podcast, man. They're all legit. They're handlers. Um, they're out there working every day with that dogs, with those dogs, and they're putting on this big, huge conference. They got a uh, price increase coming up, man, so don't mess around. This year it's in Chicago at McCormick Place. Like It's the size of Canton, Ohio, pretty much, the entire <laughs> venue that they're going to be at. Um, check them out, hitsk9.net. Don't wait. Yeah, you know, one of the other uh, sponsors that we have that's also uh, nothing shady going on that we're super happy to have on the podcast <laughs> is Ray Allen. Uh, I think Ray Allen made equipment for um, dogs that are on the Ark. They've been around for so long. Uh, their product designer, uh, you know, Matt, is one of our good buddies. Uh, we love that dude to death. Uh, they do a good job there. They've got that new treat pouch that Eric really likes. Uh, keeps your fucking hoodies from smelling like hot dogs or, or pill jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just ordered a bunch of rubber arms, and we ordered a leg for Eric. Uh, that uh, is good for proofing patrol dogs. And they've got everything, not just for police dogs. They got stuff for working dogs, and they got stuff for uh, for other working dogs like search and rescue or hunting, and then also just for pets. Also, they've got leashes and everything for and harnesses just regular collars, everything you need. If you're going to go over there, make sure you use the discount code, also working dog radio spelled out. Uh, the beginning of each letter needs to be, or word needs to be capitalized. You'll get uh, 10% off your first order. And yeah, they have just about everything you need except for the dog and the patrol car. So hit them up and not owned by a uh, somebody that has pled guilty to uh, sex offender crimes. So there's that. You guys have heard me talk and Ted talk about our relationship with Highland Canine. Um, We've done it on social media. You've heard it here in the commercials and things. And we do that because we believe in the Pergasons and we believe what they got going on there. Um, They have a school for dog trainers. They got a police dog training school. Um, And and they started to realize what they were doing was everything was... um, basic training for them. And they do have a lot of basic training classes. They take you, uh, they teach you, say you're a handler, they're training you, and then boom, out you go on the road. But what we see in this business is most guys don't follow up with any kind of advanced courses. So Highland Canine, they're like, you know what, we're going to take care of that. They have started a um, advanced detection, or excuse me, advanced um, canine courses, like a whole curriculum they're rolling out. Back in April, they started with an advanced detection course. Um, They're going to go into advanced skills for every aspect of police canine training. Uh, Be sure to check it out. Look for upcoming classes, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Harmony, North Carolina. Check them out. 
so everybody knows that we uh, love the guys at Southern Coast, Bill and Peggy Heiser, and of course Danny. But they've also got a second company called Coast to Coast Canine, which handles uh, detection services, and they are looking for two full-time and one part-time explosive handler. So be sure to hit them up and email Peggy Heiser. So you're going to do P Heiser, H-E-I-S-E-R, at C, the letter 2, C, the letter K, the number 9.com. That's C2CK9.com. Shoot her your resume and apply for the jobs for a full-time explosive handler. There's two of those. And then a single part-time handler, uh, explosive handler, at C2CK9.com. Peggy Heiser at cdccanon.com. Go ahead, I'm up. So I got a uh, bomb dog in my uh, kennel right now. I'm imprinting her on the seven odors that we use over here in Ohio. None of those odors are the HMEs like TATP, um, urea nitrate, and some of the other ones. We um, are afraid of that shit, and I'm not touching it. I'm not messing with it. But I do want my dogs to, to find it. So looking around, you know, my guys go through some training with the FBI like once a year. It's pretty hard to stay proficient on that stuff. And I'm not messing with that stuff for real. So what do we do? True scent. True scent is a, um, it's not a pseudo odor. It's a simulant. It is real odor suspended in silica. Now listen, they have everything. They have all the explosive odors you want. Um, but I specifically look for the, the HME kits. They got several of them. Um, check them out. Uh, it's, it's real explosive odor. Um, it's good stuff, man. We really like them. You heard Ellie, their chemist, on our um, podcast. We made a whole T-shirt based on that podcast. Uh, it's good type of stuff. TrueScentK9.com. Um, when you get there and plug it in, they do give us a discount code, which is WDR, all capitalized, WDR15. That's a WDR15 for 15% off training aids. Get on it. Yep. So working dogs, whether they be police dogs or hunting dogs or search and rescue, whatever, have a fantastic talent of managing to hurt themselves in magnificent and magical ways. Um, if I could count the ways that my fucking dogs have managed to hurt themselves, it would fill up an entire podcast episode. Not everything is going to require a vet visit. And I'm not suggesting that you don't take the dog to the vet, but stuff that's normal, like hot spots, pad injuries, happy tail, stuff that's just kind of annoying, uh, can turn into serious issues. The guys at vet care have produced a, a product called quick derm. That is absolutely fantastic. Eric actually has a guy that's close to him that runs a fairly large boarding kennel uh, that had a dog come in that had hot spots already when he got there. And, you know, you didn't want to be blamed for hot spots. So uh, he actually ordered some of the stuff and cleared it up in, I mean, a couple of days. I actually had some pretty gnarly burns from uh, dealing with the dogs at the HRD seminars uh, from doing some of the muzzle work and I was able to clear up something on my arm <laughs> in about seven days and it didn't tear up my tattoo which is kind of nice so so if you go over to vetcare.us it's going to be 10WDR and you'll get 10% off your first order and we've heard some rumors that they were upgrading people on sizes when you use the discount code so head over and put it in your uh, put it in the patrol car and you'll be good to go all right, guys, we're back uh, from HITS in Chicago. Um, oh, speaking of, listen, guys, HITSK9.net 2020 is up. Scottsdale. Scottsdale, Phoenix. We're going to Arizona next year. 
It's not hot enough here. So right. It's Arizona. <laughs> hey, it's a dry heat, guys. Right, of it's course. like an oven. Yeah, it's, it's a dry it's heat a right oven. in the oven. Um, but anyways, I, I can't wait. I like it out there. Um, so I, 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 we say this all the time. Cops, why do you wait to the last minute for everything? Get in there. Help these guys out. Get it booked. Let them know how many people are coming. Get your shit ahead of time. Book your time off. Book your room. Get going. There was I know we were downstairs the first day was a guy showed up. He wanted to sign up the first day. With a check in his hand. It costs a lot more money <laughs> at the gate than it does online. Get up there. There's there's price increases that happen. Get on it. Hits and the website. K9.net. The website's already updated. Oh, it's, all, so, it's so, ready yeah, to go. We're up and running. It's the uh Weston Kirkland Resort and Spa. So you have Ooh, two pools, uh, a lazy river, yeah. and a golf course. Lazy, lazy river. river. Yep. Um, it's over. There's a pool in the pond. Yeah. The pond would be good for you, Ted. Uh, yes. <laughs> There's no alligators. I'm yeah. good. Yes. That's funny. Uh, so what other cases have you been, uh, what, other, what other updates did you do this time? Oh, uh, well, um, absent that, you know, hemp's driving people nuts. Yeah. Everything else is pretty much standard status quo. There's a lot of... Uh, Marijuana law coming out. There's you got decriminalization states. You got legal states. You got traditionally illegal states. One of my favorite cases though came out in the state of Nebraska, Supreme Court of Nebraska. It's illegal in Nebraska, so it's let's just say it's standard old time uh -huh. marijuana is illegal. And a gentleman got caught in Nebraska. Uh, case is only seven or eight months old, and, but made an argument to the all the way to the Nebraska Supreme Court that hey. You got Colorado, you've got uh, Washington and Oregon and all these legal states. You've got A, B, C, and D, all these medical states. And you got Maryland, a decriminalization state. So you're like, marijuana's kind of the prevailing legal way to get a hold of it in some way, shape, or form. So <laughs> Nebraska, because it's legal in some way, shape, or form in the vast majority of the United States, that it shouldn't be probable cause for a dog alert here in Nebraska because you can legally get your hands on it in a lot of places. And the good old boys of the Nebraska Supreme Court said, not a chance. It's illegal in Nebraska. You're not taking, our dog is good in Nebraska. I don't care if you go to Colorado and get all the lollipops and brownies that you get because you get caught in Nebraska, dog sniffs probable cause. So we're not applying the, the rest of the country is doing it. So be easy on us here in Nebraska. They said, not a chance. Don't bring dope to Nebraska. You're going to get caught. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Now, one of the cases that you mentioned, yes. you, and you mentioned it, uh, I don't know if you mentioned all your things you did this year as a, as a little known case that a lot of guys don't know about from 2009. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Arizona versus Johnson. Probably yeah. I say this, I don't have any real statistics, <laughs> but in my real world life, being a prosecutor, I teach law school, so my law school students and colleagues that teach criminal law and just the real world application for defense attorneys, everything. They don't know Arizona versus Johnson and just a quick background, Pennsylvania versus Mims, I think it was in the late 80s for the United States Supreme Court was you could order a driver out of a car for officer safety purposes at a traffic stop. Then came Maryland versus Wilson in the mid 90s. They expanded it from a driver's perspective to all occupants could be ordered out of a car at a traffic stop for officer safety. And then in 2009, a little known case versus Arizona versus Johnson came out and said, not only can you now order um, people out of the car for officer safety, make them stand the over on the sidewalk or something, 
uh, so you can keep a good visual on them. Now, it doesn't mean you can pat them down, but you can get them out of the car to watch them and watch their movements. And if there's a bulge or something in it or separate them from something in the car that may be there. Um, but it says that the occupants can be detained for a reasonable amount of time. The reason why that's a twist is when I went to law school, uh, if you were a cop prior to 2009 and went through the academy or you did anything, the prevailing law across the country was unless you had some type of ticket violation or some other violation that you were aware of, uh, and you're not on I-95, the interstate or whatever, but say you're just in downtown wherever you are, you could get walk away from the traffic stop and get on the sidewalk and keep walking because speeding wasn't enough to keep a passenger. You could keep the driver, but you couldn't keep a passenger. That's all changed. And then, I mean, I've had a lot of judges I respect and some defense attorneys file motions and, you know, they, you call them a week in advance of the hearing and say, hey, you know, that's, you know, no, you can't detain my passenger. I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, we'll go. And then you literally, you sit through a whole motion to suppress for an hour and they make their argument. The judge looks at you like, you know, okay, Mr. Douse, you know, you seem like you're in a rock and a hard place. What's going to happen? And I go, Arizona versus Johnson. <laughs> and he's like, what's that? <laughs> and you're like, walk out. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a mic drop. Right. Go ahead. It's only the United States Supreme Court. So, uh, yeah, you can, and for a reasonable amount of time. It doesn't say you can detain them for hours, but you know, if a reasonable amount of time is 15, 20 minutes for a dog to arrive, then certainly 15 or 20 minutes is a reasonable amount of time to detain a passenger at a traffic stop. So that's kind of my analogy there, but you know, I'm confident that most, I don't say 75, 80% of the people I encounter, uh, either police officer, lawyer, judge, defense attorney, prosecutor, are not aware that that law severely changed 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, you, you throw out uh, Arizona versus Johnson. Um, could you guys approach the bench, please? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's pretty, probably exactly how it goes. So we were talking to uh, the, we call, uh, Ted calls him the fourth horseman, Andy, uh, earlier. And um, we, things that drive us crazy, and we are going, we believe, and I'm sure you probably think the same way, and it's probably going to come out of Florida, we are going to see some <laughs> serious case law made from live PD. Are you seeing anything? Like, I, have, do you watch it at all? Have you seen I any of it? I watch it seldomly, but I grew up with... Cops. Cops, the yeah. TV show, which originated in Broward County. So I am assuming it's fairly similar. Well, it, uh, it is, no, it right is, now. but it isn't. What happens with live... So there's a couple of things with live PD. One, it's, it's live. <laughs> and these guys want to become famous on there. Cops was a little different than that. So they... The handlers get on there and they say some really dumb shit and do some really dumb stuff. There are, in my opinion, um, some some traffic stops where they're running the dog around and they're going to sit and they're cueing the dog on purpose. Yeah. You're risking everything for everyone ever. For what? For some bullshit little, you know, weed or whatever, some stupid things are going to happen. The other, the other business model of Live PD is they use Freedom of Information Act to get your car camera videos from departments and they play those in their show because you can't stop them. They get them and they, they're allowed to use them. So a lot of what, those ones come off as natural, like what you would do on your body cam. But with these, these idiots, man, these guys, they get on Live PD and they're on camera and they're like, well, saying dumb shit and it's just so there's stupid. There's a saying in the world, a 
to all our listeners out there, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nope. You nope. don't want to be that guy. So, yeah, you're right. Just do it right. If you're going to do it on TV, or you wherever you do it, do it right. But especially if you're going to do it on TV, because you want to do things the right way to see people are doing it the right way and it's been applied the right way and it can be done the right way. If you're, like you said, what are you what are you doing because you find a, you know, you're cueing your dog for a crack rock or something. It's yeah. just uh, it's nonsense. If you, if you are doing it, you should just get out of canine. If that's what you got to do to work a dog, yeah, then I, get out of the job. Go back and be a meter maid or <laughs> I don't know, robbery detective or something. But you know, yeah, that's uh, and I mean, you know, I, we see some and there's and I and we we bagged on them a minute ago, but and there are some that are on there that are good. I mean, oh, yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen good deployments both for apprehensions. And for narcotic stuff where the dogs were good and the handlers were good. And I've also, like Eric said, seen some shit that I'm like, who the That's fuck? The like, dumb <laughs> shit these guys say, man. What I'm scared of, and I said this when um, we had uh, Andy on here, is that people are going to see that. Attorneys is who I'm really worried about. Um, and kind of the social media aspect. They'll see that stuff and feel or fear. I fear that they will feel that that is representative of the whole. And I, maybe I'm being hopeful, but I'm, I think that a majority of the handlers across the country that are narcotics handlers, because that's really all I'm kind of, we're kind of talking about right now, um, do a good job and don't do stuff like that and do, uh, but I fear that that is, because that's, that's one of the main things. I mean, you know, there's some stock arguments that defense attorneys use with, you know, dealing with narcotic stuff and dealing with apprehension cases, you know, and I fear that they would take that stuff as this representative. So like some handler in Indiana does it. I don't know if there was any, but I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but that they do that and feel like that that's applicable to a case in Texas because you guys all do it this way. I'm like, no, that's not. So, I mean, that is one scary it's the of, you know bad apple theory. Right, you get one bad apple. I mean, it may, it may be unintended too. I mean, it may just be a poor handler, right? You know, uh, who makes a mistake or thinks that's the way to do it, and it's not. You know, but uh, yeah, clearly you don't want to be that guy. No, um, it'll ruin your career, and it'll certainly poison the water for a lot of other valid handlers and ethical oh, yeah. people. They'll just be shamed because you'll be they'll be tossed into the uh, or intimated that they'll be tossed into the pond of unethical handlers yeah. or idiot handlers, one of the two. Well, or both. Yep. But you know, <laughs> I will acknowledge this just as you do though. Hey, there's good butcher bakers and candlestick makers, there's bad butcher bakers and candlestick makers, there's good dog handlers and poor dog handlers. So yep. uh, bottom line is um, you hope whatever's going on is not intentional. It's done without malice or yeah. unintentional stupidity yes. instead of direct, honest, or dishonest <laughs> stupidity. Yeah, yeah. Just, just idiots. Yeah. All right, before we wrap up, is there any anything that you guys are keeping your eye on? Any kind of thing bubbling up from... Hmm. I, nothing that I can say that I see currently on the horizon, but... Um, you There's know, not another McKnight coming is what we're asking. Not another McKnight coming in any state court that I can see, but I'm sure uh, the goofy Ninth Circuit always throws me a good curveball once a year or something. Yeah. So, yeah, they and they've it. been kind of silent lately, which is they scary. Which means by the end there. of the year, I'm sure they've got some kind of atomic bomb coming uh, that, like, all dogs are poisonous or something yeah, like that. I, so. They love police dogs over there. Uh, yeah. is, <laughs> is Campbell going any higher, you think? Well, I'm going? sure. I don't know the answer to that. 
Uh, I would assume, just on logic, that at least the Attorney General's office would have tried what's called an en banc hearing, which means you, the three judges that decided it, they would try to go back in front of the entire 11th right. Circuit. Um, I, I tried to find out about three months ago the status of where it would be in the, the appellate pipeline, and I was unsuccessful. But I mean, that'll probably get denied. Generally, the en banc scenario is not real successful. Maybe you know, less than five percent get that super hearing before the entire Eleventh Circuit. So then you would do a, a, a cert position in the United States Supreme Court, which could be in the hopper right now because you have up until that the Supreme Court doesn't start back their term until October. Mm-hmm. So they could grant certiorari, you know next week and then say schedule your hearing for November or January or something like that. So I'm sure I'll say this. I feel confident in my brethren in the appellate court of the federal system that they're trying. Um, it may be a scenario where they're unsuccessful right now waiting for another circuit. Let's just say like a good conservative circuit like the Eighth circuit in the middle of America um, to handle a similar issue. They try to throw Campbell into that scenario and they write an opinion basically saying we reject the logic of Campbell and we're going to rule just the opposite. Now when you have two federal circuits, one yeah. saying A and one saying B, then they have your no choice. likelihood <laughs> is skyrockets to like 80% on the search and seizure field that the Supreme Court will then say I can't have two federal jurisdictions tackling the same issue, handling it this differently based upon our previous ruling. So generally they will jump in in what's called conflict amongst the circuits. And if it's related to Fourth Amendment search and seizure, they'll generally jump in quick and fix it. So we'll, we need another circuit to reject Campbell, or maybe Campbell will just sneak in on its own. But uh, right now I don't have any clear direction, but I have a feeling that by the time we, we do this podcast in Arizona of 2020, um, I'll have a better, clearer hmm. picture of where we stand on questioning at a traffic stop. Yeah. Don't ask about DVDs, damn it. You yeah. can ask what about officer safety. Don't ask about dead hookers and yes. bombs. Or yeah. <laughs> Unless you suspect the dead hookers in the trunk, then you can ask them. All right. All right. But you better smell the carcass. All right. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com that's the letter K, the number 9, or arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% 
off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations, and that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. Nine Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom, and we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up. Specifically for guys in this podcast, for if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to that young night. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E.blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Duck Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.